TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all my. Oh, yeah. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. This week fly by for you, Joe? Yeah. I think it went by pretty fast. I mean, lots to talk about this week. Lots happening this week. Lots of uh, exciting, last minute, surprising, all those things you can tie to uh, stories throughout the weekend. When you work in the news and there's a eventful week, Brian, it kind of helps the week go by. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so a week flying by. Uh, we want to hear from you, 803-0930 on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, or give us a call throughout the morning. You know, one of the major things that happened this week was state of emergency. Gone. Absolutely. So uh, that means all of, you know, earlier this week, all of the executive orders, uh, they were put to an end. We're still trying to get 100% clarification on what that means for things like schools. There's still a lot of unknowns there. But for the most part, it means that all COVID restrictions are over in New York. And it also includes some things that aren't restrictions, should we say. All those executive orders. There was one that I think was universally liked. right? Actually, uh, as close to universally liked as you can get. Uh, a poll conducted on behalf of the State Restaurant Association a couple of months ago found that 78% of people across New York favored this one thing that was put in place during the pandemic, and that is to-go cocktails. 78% of New Yorkers favored making cocktails to-go a permanent fixture i you can't get 78 percent of people to agree on anything uh that you would poll people on politically these days not in 2021 no so you found 78 percent. the other 20 percent were liquor store owners uh, but the 78 percent of people thought that that would be a good thing still it wasn't done no bill was signed uh, in the legislature um no bill went forward to make that a permanent thing and so when the state of emergency ended all the executive orders ended so did cocktails to go, unfortunately. And so did it. And, you know, restaurants still recovering. And according to a lot of business owners and the Empire State Restaurant and Tavern Association, uh, they say recovery is underway. 
Uh, I'm sorry, reopening is underway, but recovery has just begun. We have restaurants that are nowhere close to making back what they were making last year, and we're 300,000 jobs shy of where we were February 2020. A lot of that was being helped by Cocktails to Go. Even after reopening, even after eased restrictions, we saw people were getting Cocktails to Go. And why? This goes back to something we talked about last week. People realized during the pandemic, you know, I kind of like bringing that going out atmosphere. I like bringing it home sometimes. And yes, that includes, hey, maybe getting a few drinks delivered to me, maybe getting maybe getting a different delivery with drinks from a different place that I like to go out. But you know what? I don't want to go out today, but I'd like to have that feeling right here at home. I'd like to keep the sweatpants on, but, you know, I'd like to have the nice meal that I didn't cook. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, there are some people that leave the sweatpants on and still go out. But... Yes. <laughs> I've done that. I said before noon on a weekend at a bar, you're allowed to wear sweatpants. That's my rule. I I like that Before noon. I think after 2 o'clock, though, it's... Yes. Then you have to switch it up. But before noon, I think that... Or Monday, Tuesday, after 7 p.m., I think that's allowed. Monday, Tuesday, or before noon. (laughs) Before noon on the weekend, Monday, Tuesday, after 7 p.m. Those are the only times you can wear sweatpants out to the bar. But I'm interested in a few things. This is what I want to hear from people. 803-0930, again, Volkswagen and Park text board, or give us a call. Uh, On the to-go cocktails, uh, was it something that you found yourself doing? And, by the way, this is not just to-go cocktails. Right. It's to-go glass of wine it's to go uh beer it's you know it's alcohol to go really but cocktails is kind of the big thing because you know they mix it up there and send you on your way so did was that something that you found yourself using over the last year should it continue as restaurants open and you go into restaurants now do you see yourself ever using this going forward because that i think is a totally different question where I definitely did that, especially the beer to go quite a few times, ordering from places over the last year to bring home, you know, trying to support the restaurant. But now that bars are open, I'm probably not doing that again myself. You know, I'm pro- if I'm going out, I'm going out. And I-, I don't fall into the category that you said, Joe, where, you know, you might enjoy those some nights uh, ordering something back here. No. I'm, I'm one or the other. So I actually don't see myself ever really ordering or using this anytime in the future. I don't see myself either, but, and again, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> until I, uh, until we, I, we talked to people that said, hey, I kind of like bringing that going out atmosphere home, so I think there is an audience for it. I don't think I'm that audience, I don't think you're that audience, but there is an audience for um, to-go delivery when it comes to alcohol beverages. It, it kind of completes the meal they're getting delivered. Yeah. Um, stop being mean to Joe on the uh, text line, too. I, you know, we don't appreciate that. Or if you want to, 803-0930, keep them coming in. Uh, <laughs> we've... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say to that? Are you a Cosmo drinker, Joe? I'm not. I'm, you're you, being accused of that. In the you, I'm a very lame drinker. You know that. I like domestic beers yes. and uh, Red Bull vodkas. Okay. I mean, I'm very simple. Just clarifying things. In gin and tonics uh, in the summer. For everyone uh, sending in those texts <laughs> this morning. But as somebody, you know, brought <laughs> brought up on our text board already, one of the things, uh, they said 78%, you know, that was the amount of people who said that to-go cocktails should be a permanent fixture. 
78% of New York too lazy to go to the liquor store. That's according to one texter on our board this morning. And that brings us to our next point. Yes. Why did this not happen? Well, a lot is being pointed to opposition from liquor stores. Joe, you mentioned the uh, Empire State Restaurant and Tavern Association. Scott Wexler is with them. He blames opposition from the liquor industry and liquor stores for this not becoming a permanent fixture. His quote, the liquor store industry has operated like a protection racket for generations. He said some of the state's liquor laws have not changed substantially since right after Prohibition in 1935. And that is something that I'm wondering where people are on this because it's really interesting, the liquor laws and how they work here in New York. It seems like no other industry, it's set up to protect one particular type of business who's done pretty well over the last year. Oh, yeah. Considered essential over the course of the last 16 months, liquor stores. Somehow in New York, the only places allowed to sell most liquor in uh, western New York and in the area. Uh, Aside from very few small examples, if you are a wine or a spirit, you're being sold at a liquor store here in New York. And liquor stores, uh, the reason why you couldn't buy a bottle of wine on this alcohol to go uh, when they were talking about making it a permanent fixture was the opposition from liquor stores who said, well, that would cut into our business, our sales. Why do those rules exist in the first place? I, let me try and paint it a little bit of a different way. If you did this for another industry and tried to protect them, it's like trying to protect Ted's, right? If New York State said, hey, wait a second. Walmart, Wegmans, you know, all these places where you stand outside in the summer with one of your guys at the grill and you're selling a hot dog for a dollar as people walk in now the store. You can't do that anymore. You're cutting in to Ted's territory. You got to package them up. You can sell them inside the store, but don't grill them. Don't, don't, yeah. don't grill them because that's Ted's territory. You would never see anything like that happen. Not at all. I mean, that would never, ever happen. But that's exactly what happens for some reason, in this one very specific segment of business. And if you want to see consistency, why are liquor stores still able to be part of um, food services? Why are liquor stores still on a DoorDash app? Why are, why are liquor stores still able to deliver their, gla- their bottle of wine, yet the restaurant can't deliver their glass of wine? It's it is definitely interesting. Um, so I, I'm wondering where people are on that because it's always been strange to me. Now there are its perks, right? Because it is a law that is helping an industry stay afloat, right? When the WalMarts of the world move into the neighborhood, this does protect small. I mean, typically you think of most liquor stores that you see throughout right. the area, small. Single, you know, they have their one business and that's it, run by a family. I, I mean, it's depending on how you look at alcohol, it's a good business, you know, for a community. It's it's a small business, and this is something that protects them. And I think there is something a little noble about protecting your small businesses from some of the giants in the world who can just swat them out like a fly. However, why is it just this one? 
You know, why why don't we see this for any other industry? For some reason, this is the special one that gets, uh, you know, gets the special treatment. Yeah, they're the only ones that are, as you said, protected from being uh, eliminated by Walmart, Target, Wegmans, even Tops. You know, these stores have that blanket of security. And, okay, I'll look at it. Small business owners, this is, their, this is their livelihood. I got it. But there's also the clothing store, who that's their livelihood. There's also the small appliance store. The butcher shop. Yeah, they're all, they've all been long either eliminated or, you know, barely hanging on. Yet, you have liquor stores that, by the way, in New York State, are only supposed to be one owner per liquor yeah. store. And the, those um, laws are bent all the time. I mean, <laughs> you, you don't need to look very far to see where, hey, well, why does the sign look vaguely familiar on top of this liquor store? But it is kind of like, I, I mean, you know, I mentioned the, the hot dogs, but it is almost like you go to a supermarket and if all of a sudden the state came in and said, okay, uh, you, you know, keep going about your business, but in order to protect our local butcher shops, uh, hand cut steaks, you know, all red meat. That's going to be off of here for a while. Um, you know, ground beef, things like that. You're not going to be able to sell that because that's the butcher shop territory. I mean, something like that would never happen. It kind of seems crazy. So why does it happen in this one industry? And to the texture on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, what you're discussing is called capitalism. Well, no, actually, capitalism would be letting all compete. Capitalism would be not protecting one owner over the other. Capitalism would be, hey, you have to compete with the big retailer. Can you? Dr- will that drive your prices down? Can you compete? That is capitalism. And there is an argument to be made it, it, kind of the other way around. If you own a liquor store, you would know about it. And if you've worked in a liquor store, you know, you're only allowed to sell the booze. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's all your – I think it's uh, uh, liquor and corkscrews are, are really it. Anything else, you can't, food items, I mean, all of that doesn't fall under your purview. So the same way that it goes around where should you open up liquor sales to everybody, you know, liquor stores should be opened up to sell whatever they want too. Right. a piece a, of cake with your <laughs> bottle of wine or something like that. You think, it, well, and those, those rules get bent as well. You, you would think that it would be a universal change, right? If now Wegmans can sell wine, Absolutely. let's say it's just wine. Well, then uh, a liquor store could probably throw in some chips and this wouldn't necessarily mean uh, everyone's, Oh, you, you know, you, you would ruin liquor stores. Not necessarily. There's still beer stores, even though you can buy beer at any corner shop. There's still beer stores. Yeah. There's still stores that specialize in beer. And you know why? And they because don't have the protections. They have all the variety. I right. you know if you're going now if you're going to get a, you know, a bottle of red wine, you don't care what it is, just give it to me in a, you know, a, I don't know, whatever. Right. Give me a cool label. Brian's then it, red wine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You might shop at a supermarket. The same goes for any, you know, well drink or, you know, well-known name brand of whiskey or vodka or something like that. You might pick it up at a liquor store. But if you're looking for something special, if you're looking for something in particular, the liquor stores would absolutely still have uh, plenty of different, you know, opportunities to go in there and kind of be the specialty store for people to go. And there's a huge market out right. for that, just like beer stores right now. I mean, if you want a common beer, you you know, whatever that is, you can go to any supermarket or gas station and grab it. 
But if you're looking for something special, if you're looking for something a little in particular, I was just at a beer store earlier this week to pick up something that I knew I wouldn't be able to find in other places. Uh, Gordon and Amherst, you're on WBEM. What's going on? Uh, uh, good morning. Um, I was waiting uh, to talk to Brian. Yeah, you're on, uh, Gordon. What's going on? Uh, just curious. I'm sorry. Only kill the radio. I was curious as to why uh, um, the uh, liquor stores are not allowed to sell mixers to go with your liquor. You can't get a bottle of tonic. You can't get uh, uh, some 7-Up. You can't get anything there. Somehow or another, they're prohibited from doing that. So now you have to go to the liquor store, and then you have to find a top or a convenience store or something and buy um, buy your mixers. Gordon, if you're looking for a reason why, stand in line with the rest. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's one of those things, right? That it doesn't really make any sense. Um, just like we were saying the other way around, why more places can't get in on the alcohol sales, uh, why liquor stores themselves are prohibited from selling all these other things that you mentioned that go right along with their product. Hey, Gordon, thanks so much for the call. 803-0930, another line opening up. I It doesn't really make sense. And for it to stand in the way of something that's really helped restaurants, they think might be valuable. And I, I don't really see how this, in its current form, impacts liquor stores at all. I mean, you're going for one cocktail, for one mixed drink, for one or two beer, which is typically what you're getting for restaurant. You're not getting this in a big qua- uh, quantity. Right. You're just getting a mixed drink or something like that. With your meal. Most, yeah. most of the time with your meal. How does that bite into what liquor stores are I really it don't hasn't. think it does at all. Um, and... To the safety part. Now, this is the part that everyone likes to bring up. Well, okay, so what? You get a cocktail, and then you're driving home with it, what? Right in your front seats. You know, the last thing we need is more drunks on the road. All right. Can Everyone who's thinking that right now, do me a favor. If you're in your car, you pull over at the next gas station, convenience <laughs> store, supermarket, wherever you might be, and you walk inside, and what can you do? A huge can of beer, a huge, you name it, right yeah. there, available for you to buy. Sometimes they give you an extra ounce. All you have to do is crack the can in right. the car, just like you would if you bought it from a restaurant, and then you're on your way. Nothing has been stopping that from happening over the last hundred years here in the U.S., and this is not expanding. Did we see any uh, humongous rise in uh, pro- traffic problems because of this, uh, not to my knowledge. Was there any mass lawlessness uh, on the road, not to my knowledge, uh, from uh, restaurants selling liquor to go? It didn't happen. Right. So I'm trying to think of the good reason behind this. And I'm also trying to think of the good reason why, if you're a liquor store or a similar type business, you are the only ones who are allowed to. And if you have another example, please let me know. Because it is really the only example like this that I can think of in New York State where one type of business <laughs> is so protected, right? Yeah. Where if you're going to afford that protection, I mean, shouldn't you afford it to other businesses? I mean, shouldn't you afford it to the butcher shop? Shouldn't you afford that protection to a computer repair store or something like that or other local businesses if that is the rationale behind it? And to the texture, to the texture on the uh, 8030930. New York is no different than other states, unless you want New York to set up state liquor stores and put all liquor stores out of business. 
That's not what we're talking about at all. Um, New York, only five states have state liquor stores. Um, Nineteen states allow you to sell anything in a grocery store, mm-hmm. anything in a convenience store, and then add thirteen on top of that that at least let you sell wine. And Brian, this is you know this is New York State, but here in Buffalo, we're used to talking about stuff that never happens for years. I can remember this discussion ten years ago when they were debating putting wine in grocery stores right. and what happened. The liquor stores got in and said, well, we can't have that. So something that's been talked about, and 78% of people say they'll allow to go. I guarantee it's a very similar number that would want to see liquor sales in grocery stores. It is a lot of people pointing to Pennsylvania. I don't think it's right to look at Pennsylvania is – as maybe if you look at New York as which I don't on this issue too much aside from what we're talking about if you're looking at New York as being far behind I, I don't think New York is far behind on no. I think this is just kind of the one anomaly in this but if you <laughs> look at Pennsylvania Pennsylvania has strange I mean they, they do have those state run that's one of those states yes. right Joe yep they do have those state run liquor stores they have their own uh, beer stores which up until recently was one of the only places you can go and buy beer I think it if you try and buy beer in Pennsylvania at a grocery store you can only buy like half a case or so it, it's a really strange quantity law as opposed to if you go to another store they eased it but still put restrictions on it. I, I mean it's all types of convoluted over in Pennsylvania so it's not exactly the same as it is here but hey let us know what you think 8030930 should this be allowed to continue and what do you think of protecting liquor stores uh, do they need to be protected 8030930 be and beamer here on WBEN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. And if, uh, sorry to uh, leave everyone on hold like that. If you uh, <laughs> were waiting on hold, uh, you can call back in, 803-0930. Joe, you're bringing up uh, some good points over. We're talking about the end 
of the alcohol to go. And, you know, it directly kind of correlates to some of the liquor laws here in New York and some of the ones that are really outdated, too, uh, like the idea that only liquor stores in general can sell these products. Uh, it, it is kind of confusing. And you were bringing up a lot of the new beverages that are out. To, I mean, you can't turn on any sport without seeing an ad for one of those hard seltzers. Every commercial break. It is all over the place. Um, but then you compare that to some of the ones that are not hard seltzers. They're vodka mixed drinks in a can, and they're very different things. And you can sell one of them in one place and one of them in another. They're both sparkling beverages that contain a certain <laughs> amount of alcohol. But one is allowed to be sold in one place and one is allowed to be sold in grocery stores. And I first kind of, this first got in my mind, I was going through a tour of the Genesee Brewery in Rochester, which is, I mean, humongous. Now, there a lot of great local breweries around here, and a lot of them have, uh, you know, upped their scale, and it is really impressive to walk through and make them. I mean, the Genesee Brewery is a, that is a industrial brewery right. to make a lot of beer. All of, I mean, there is really nothing like it here in New York State. So going through there, it was very cool to see. And, you know, you go through, you see all the different things. And then they took me in one room where he said, this is where, because they make, I'm sure everyone knows the wine coolers, the Seagram Escapes uh, come out of the brewery in Rochester. So it's, why am I allowed to sell wine coolers at a uh, supermarket or gas station or something like that? But you can't sell, uh, you know, any other sort of liquor or a, a mixed drink -mixed in a drink, can yeah. at a liquor. Well, it's because of the way it's made. It's brewed like a beer. And then they, through some process of science, the people in there were wearing lab coats, uh, too smart for me to comprehend. <laughs> but they basically brew this flavorless beer. Then they suck out all the alcohol from it and put that into whatever, you know, all the sugar or, you know, uh, sparkling water or whatever it is, natural flavors, you name it, to make some of these, whether it's your, uh, you know, the White Claw, the Truly, the um, uh, Seagram's, all these little wine cooler type or sparkling water type alcoholic beverages. So it can technically be, even though it's almost made the exact same way, it can technically be a malt beverage that can be allowed to be sold at a gas station or a grocery store instead of the other way around. So they have to go through an entire process. They end up uh, having to waste, I'm sure, a whole bunch of different things just so you can make it in a certain way where it's allowed. That's how archaic the law is. When you have to go through a complete unnecessary process yeah. to be able to make your drink in a certain way, the end result is nearly identical to what's being sold by something, you know, that's made a different way that could be sold in a liquor store. One is sold inside of a supermarket, and that's kind of <laughs> the reason why. If you're wondering, why can I buy this here but not here and, and vice versa? That is eye-opening. I had no idea. I thought it was one thing contained something that the other didn't, which is exactly what it is. I didn't know, though, it was to get around these rules so they could have it in convenience stores in all 50 states. 803-0930 on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. We'll turn there as somebody chiming in saying, I travel all over the country. There's some strange liquor laws out there. New York is normal in that respect. And it, this is one of the rare occasions where, I, you know, I, it's not 
taking a shot at New York for being behind the times on something, right? I mean, how many different issues have you done that? You look at ride sharing or, you know, the Uber Lyft or some of these other debates where New York is a little bit behind and then catching up. New York isn't behind. I mean, they're one of, you look around the country, as this person mentioned, there are weird liquor laws, but why should they exist? (laughs) I guess is the question. It's not a New York specific thing, but in New York, they have control over these laws and, you start to look at it because of what ended this week, and you wonder a little more, like, why exactly? Do you have to go one place for one thing and another place for another? Somebody else chiming in, 803-0930, saying anyone should be able to sell whatever they want, wherever they want. Yes. And, you know, I agree. A- am I going to stop necessarily and buy a pound of beef at the auto parts store? Probably not. But if they wanted to sell it, <laughs> you know, why not go ahead and let them? But no, and you're right. New York is not behind every state. New York is one of 18 states uh, that doesn't even sell wine in the grocery stores. And uh, okay, yeah, you're right. It's different in every state. There are counties throughout this country where you can't buy alcohol on Sunday. And let me tell you, when you go out thinking that you're going to have an adult beverage with your meal and they say, oh, I'm sorry, it's Sunday and you have to drink a Coke instead. Believe me, that hits a different way. However, New York being New York, one of 18 states, all we're saying is, why are they so protective of liquor stores when other small businesses are getting run out of business every week in the state? Yeah, it is kind of strange to see. Have you ever visited one of those dry towns right on the border? I've been on the Tennessee-Georgia line before, <laughs> and I forget which side was which, but it was funny on one street. It was kind of a main street, and obviously the attraction is the Tennessee-Georgia line. You know, on uh, the north end of the street, you're in Tennessee. You walk a couple of blocks that way. You're down in Georgia. And on one side, it was a dry county. On the other side, it wasn't. So on one side of the street, you're allowed to have the bars and restaurants. And on the other was basically, you know, antique stores and things that were selling, you know, (laughs) stuffed teddy bears and all those kind of things. So it was pretty interesting to kind of look at that. And like we said, it's not unique New York to have your, uh, you know, strange or outdated alcohol rules. Uh, Jan, you're on WBEN. Hey, Jan, good morning. All right. Obviously a a phone connection (laughs) issue there. Now, looking at dry counties, you bring up dry counties. Are there any – there's no dry counties in this state. There's dry towns, yeah. Really? Um, I'm trying to think of where Look at that. I think uh, somewhere – is Clymer itself or um, somewhere out by Chautauqua, there's uh, one of them where it's Mm -hmm. a dry town. There's a few. There's only a handful. You can probably count them on, uh, you know, ten fingers. But uh, there are only a handful. I don't think it's – I'm not sure if there's any counties in total. But there are several towns throughout New York State that are considered dry towns. Interesting. Uh, another text on the uh, Volkswagen Orchard Park text board. Someone said, uh, if stopping the liquor delivery is the worst thing that happened in New York this week, then God bless us. It was never an issue before the pandemic, so why now? And, Brian, we were talking about this during the break. Well, why now? It's, it was a successful venture for a lot of restaurants. And as Brian and I have pointed out, yes, Many of us probably won't use it now that we can actually go out. But we are talking about the restaurant industry that is still far away from getting back to where they were pre-pandemic. And if this is helping them just a little bit, bringing a little bit more money, I don't know why we wouldn't try to help them as much as we can after the 15-plus months they have had. 
the why question, I think, is just turned to the wrong. It's being directed the wrong way in this case. The why question, it's almost like it's the same why question that we should be asking about this is the same why question for, you know, a vaccination requirement. Another uh, thing that's maybe up in the air, a question, do you still need uh, proof of vaccination to fill the stadium 100 percent after the state of emergency is uh, lifted or not stadium, the arena to 100 percent? That's another question that is kind of still out there. I believe the answer would be no, because all the state rules are lifted, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyways, it's the same why question for there when it comes to, you know, going to one of these places, a proof of vaccination. The why question is, why is there a restriction in place if there doesn't need to be one? Exactly. If you're looking at other places and they're doing this with no issues— then why do we need to have a further restriction here? You could say the restriction is a good thing. You can say you have no problem with it. But the question of why is, why is there a restriction where there doesn't need to be, where there is no direct benefit from it? And that's the same question here. We've restricted restaurant and bars' abilities to do something that will help earn them a little bit of business of all the business they lost over the past year. That's being restricted now. Why? You know, what is the good reasoning as to why? I think that is the why question that needs to be in everyone's head when you're talking about this or anything uh, when it's a restriction of something being sold where the same goes to why can't liquor stores sell you name it, you know, whatever, uh, hot dogs and hamburgers and, uh, you know, uh, soda and anything else to mix it with. Why shouldn't they be able to? Who is that hurting? What is the direct benefit? So these are the questions that come up. And that to me is the why question, not why is it an issue because it wasn't before. I, You know, that, that's the role of government. They're in office for so long, continually, continually looking for ways to uh, make things better. And this is a clear way that you can make things a little bit better, a little bit easier for people. And, you know, I don't want to call out the Assembly. I don't want to call out the State Senate. uh, But I'm going to. You're telling me for the last few months you've been sitting in Albany. You haven't heard uh, from business owners, from restaurant owners. I'm sure you've heard from the uh, association that that we mentioned. Uh, that how successful this has been and how they are they need all the help they can get that you wouldn't take a few days to write something up some legislation up before getting out you had from what we heard in March you had the power to uh, to bring up new laws you had the power to overwrite the governor why was this never mentioned why wasn't this uh, passed before going on what I think is an absurdly long recess that is the uh, that's the ultimate why question right why wasn't this acted upon? It's simple. The rule is already written for you in that executive order. All you have to do is make it permanent. Yeah. I, it couldn't be any easier. 78%, according to one poll, agree with it. I mean, I don't think you've passed anything that you have that much support for over the past, you know, 20 years maybe in Albany. Why? It's so easy. So that question of why is what caused uh, Scott Wexler, Empire State Restaurant and Tavern Association, to call out the liquor store industry. He said it's operated like a protection racket 
for generations, according to him, and he's looking for some changes to the rules, uh, which hasn't happened since 1935. And, you know, Joe, it goes back to uh, something we were talking about in Erie County several years ago now, the so-called mimosa rule, where you couldn't sell alcohol at a bar or a restaurant before, what was it, noon? Noon, yeah. On Sunday, and now that's been bumped forward a little bit. Uh, but it's still not, you know, totally open. It's bumped forward to where you can go in a little bit earlier on a Sunday and order a, a beer or wine or any sort of alcohol. But it, it goes back to that fundamental question of wh- what is the benefit here? You know, what is the difference between if I'm out here already and it's 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, what is the difference between now and noon right. as opposed you know, when I can be able to uh, enjoy a drink. What was the time? Was uh, was it eight o'clock for grocery stores back in back before they changed the rules here? I remember there was nothing worse than when you would get to the stadium at six thirty to start tailgating and you forgot to pick up beer yeah. the day before. Well, and that never happened to me. But uh, some, I, I, I don't know. It's that. I don't know if you've picked up on this, Brian. Sometimes I'm a last minute guy. Yeah, and uh, I would completely space. I'd completely forget, and you know, I'd be in charge of the alcohol, and I'd show up and go. Sorry, guys, we have to wait till 8 o'clock. <laughs> I have done that. I've done the opposite before, where you're out so late. And this is kind of embarrassing. Oh. In, in college, <laughs> you're out so late on a Saturday night looking to go into a supermarket to buy a little bit of a refill, and you get told, hey, it's uh, 4 a.m. <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, we can't sell that to you now. It's Sunday morning. Uh, you're gonna have to wait till noon. So there goes that idea. And, and I, I do want to go to the uh, to the the last text that just came in, Brian. It makes it too easy to to be uh to get underage. It makes it too easy for underage drinking. Is pretty much the uh, the text. Uh, no, it doesn't. You still have to show your ID to get alcohol to go. And if you get alcohol delivered, believe me, I. I can speak to this. If you get alcohol delivered, you have to have your ID scanned on both sides. So this doesn't make it any easier for underage drinking. I don't buy that argument. In 2021, when we have all this technology to test your ID, and I, I don't buy that as an excuse. I, you, that's never been an excuse that I really paid that much attention to anyway. Because, listen, if you're, if you're going to have a drink, you're going to have a drink. And the question is, are you going to have a drink, you know, on your own or are you going to have are you going to be able to patronize a business? Are you going to be able to help out or do it in the way that you want it to uh, that you kind of should be able to? Or are you just going to do it some other way, um, making you're kind of giving opening up the choice to people? to patronize a local business, to kind of go in and do something that uh, they wouldn't have been able to in the past, you're going to do it anyway, right? I I mean, that's pretty much standard. You're going to uh, do it anyway. If you're at a Bills game or you're somewhere else, it basically is just determining where. Right. 100%. Another texter says, uh, in New Mexico, you can buy liquor at the gas station. Yeah. In Las Vegas, you can buy liquor in the pharmacy. Why do you think CVS and Walgreens are so popular on the Strip? It's not people getting yeah. their prescriptions refilled. Yeah, no. That's, <laughs> there was a line out. Trust me. We were walking uh, from the Superdome in New Orleans. And oh, yeah. Louisa, there's a line out the door of the CVS, and not everyone was filling their prescriptions. I'll tell you that. <laughs> not that um, there are weird laws around somebody pointing out in Ohio. They said they couldn't buy beer within 500 feet of a church on Sunday. 
Um, you could be at a bar next door. That was fine. But you can't buy beer within 500 <laughs> feet. There are a lot of these strange uh, laws from a long time ago that, you know, it just doesn't make sense anymore. No. I mean, you can, you can have alcohol in the church for communion, but you can't buy beer by the church. A lot of churches have been doing alcohol to go. It helps fund a lot of their programs. I wonder if they've been, I mean, with just the little uh, communion wine. Have you seen those? I have not. It's it's a little uh, tiny. It almost looks like a plastic shot glass of communion wine. And then on top of it is the communion wafer. You peel it off, and there's the peel off for the wafer, the peel off for the wine. And it's all in one communion without the hands free. Very and nice. You can also take it to go, too. I'm wondering if this uh, will bite into that. Something tells me no, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, I, I just cannot understand uh, some of these rules, how they're continually and how, I, I don't know, you never really think about it until it comes up in a way like this. It right. has this week. But when you do start to think about it, I, that is exactly where I go to it. You go to the butcher shop. You go to some of these other. I mean, it would be great if all the local businesses had this sort of protection from you know the big giants, the Amazons and WalMarts of the world coming in, but they don't. No, and you know maybe it is great that one industry still gets that protection. Maybe it is something worth fighting for, or you know maybe it is just one of these unnecessary regulations that are on the books that we talked about this past half hour. I would just like to say to that Ohio rule: think about every uh, summer weekend. I mean, it seems like you know every every other weekend there's a church that has a big tent event with the beer tent going. Oh, yeah. Always lawn a lot fates. of fun. Have you? By the way, have, have we uh, returned to lawn fates? Are there any plans out there? Oh, I, I'm that's trying a show to next think. Week. That is I, a show next week. I have not uh, seen too many of the signs out there, um, but you'll have to let us know if you're, you're seeing them in force for this summer. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. Brian, have a great week next week. We will see you. uh, Hardline, I'm still trying to put together, but it will be on the air Sunday morning here on WBEN. We'll see you then. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.